countries on prayer, so let's, <laughs> let's pray. How about that? What a novel idea. Um, aren't you glad you pay me, eh? Yeah, <laughs> let's do it. So, um, the <laughs> so the Lord, Lord, teach us to pray. You know, it's the one thing I said last week that, that in, throughout the Gospels, and through, which is really the, the story or the account of Jesus' time on earth, his, his ministry, his mission, is that, that, that is the only time that we see in, in the Gospels that direct kind of thing of, Lord, teach us how to do this. And I said last week, you know, of all of the things that Jesus said and did, like, you know, teach us to do the water into wine, that would have been on the top of my list, or at least right up to it. Teach us to do that thing where the people are dead and then they're not anymore you know like teach us to do that with uh where where someone's crippled and they're no longer and they can run around and jump and but but and and i said then and i want to reiterate it again is i think the disciples through all of their fumbling around which is so encouraging as a two thousand years later feeling like a fumbling disciple of jesus um i think though they grasp something about jesus life and the way and his relationship with prayer that they knew that all of the other stuff the cool the cool stuff all came from these times when Jesus would get up and he'd leave a crowd he'd leave the the hustle the bustle he'd leave all of the good things and he'd go to a quiet place the bible says a lonely place a place on a mountain and he'd pray and he'd be there with his father and there was something about that rhythm or that practice that his disciples then and i would hope his disciples now hopefully us in the room the apprentices of jesus would would recognize as being the source of all of the other stuff and we too would would come before Jesus and say again Lord teach us to pray I'm going to edit really quickly through but I wanted to reiterate again so so Luke 11 if you've got your Bible turn to it or a device with a Bible on it um, and just briefly really really quickly go through so so Jesus was asked by his disciple I'm going to paraphrase one to four and then carry on reading you know, one day after Jesus, when Jesus was praying, when he finished, a disciple came to him, Lord, teach us to pray. And he said, oh, so when you pray, pray this, Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread. Forgive us our sins, for we also forgive everyone who sins against us. Sorry, do we? <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a big one. That rolls off the tongue a lot easier than it does to practice. Forgive us our sins, for we also forgive everyone who sins against us, and lead us not into to temptation. And I, and I said last week, you know, Jesus is saying prayer. Prayer always starts with Father, that we approach God and we see God as Father. And for, for some of us, that's easy. We have an earthly father. My children, that's nothing to them because they've had a wonderful, amazing... <laughs> um, no, I joke. But for some of us, that's really hard. And I said last week, and I want to say it again, and I don't want to joke about it in any way. You know, for some of us, that is a hell of a road to hoe to see God as father. But oh my goodness it will be worth it. It will be worth it for you to face all of the pain, all of the disappointment, 
everything that may be associated with your earthly father, but it will be so worth it to approach and be able to see God as a loving heavenly father, a father who has good intentions towards you, who when he sees you, his face lights up. In heaven, you know, I said last week again, in heaven, we think of heaven as a faraway place, but nothing could be further from the truth. What this word means, heaven, is the atmosphere. It is God, your Father, who loves you, who has good intentions towards you, is, is in, the heaven, in the heavens, close as the air is to your skin. That is where your Father is. It's this idea, Andrew said it this morning, but why is it so easy to feel God close when you're in the midst of nature, when when creation is all around you? How many of you feel and sense God best when you're out in nature? That's because God is all around us, in the heavens, the heavens, the atmosphere. That's where he is. Number three, the primary goal of prayer is the joyful, grateful, worshipful enjoyment of the Father's company. Hallowed be thy name. This is all kind of quickly going through um, last week. Hallowed be thy name. Holy is your name. And we often think that's often a barrier, and yet it's not meant to be a barrier. It's meant to be an on-ramp into relationship and prayer and closeness with God. Is holy. There is a moralistic kind of connotation to it, but hallowed be thy name. There's something so much more than that. There's an aesthetic dimension to hallowed be thy name and it's that God you are beautiful you are true you are good there is nothing else in the universe that can come close to who you are there is nothing you are unique without parallel with without anything else God your kingdom come and this is kind of what I, it's where we ended, but it's where I want to really pick up. Your kingdom come, your will be done. That's the longer version. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. It is that idea that when we pray, our prayers really do make a difference. In a few minutes, when I be quiet and I ask people to respond and we gather around, we come and we pray with an awe that our prayers really can change the reality of this world. And for many of us, we just simply don't believe that. But just like, just like the Father, man, the, the joy or the, the benefit we have from pressing in to facing that, that lie that spins around in our heads, that, that prayer really doesn't make a difference, it's worthwhile facing that and realizing that just simply isn't true. Dallas Willard, anyone heard of him? Great name, eh? And he's really smart too. He has this quote, and I, I wrote it out because I didn't want to muff it up, but, and it's so, so spot on. God's response to our prayers is not a charade. He does not pretend that he is answering our prayer when he only is doing what he was always going to do anyway. It's like he was reading my thoughts, you know, my wrestling. How many times do we think of God that way? We have this fatalistic, you know, whatever's going to happen is always going to happen anyway, with or without me. 
Our requests really do make a difference in what God does and what he doesn't do. The idea that everything would happen exactly as it does, regardless of whether we pray or not, is a specter that haunts the minds of many who sincerely profess belief in God. It makes prayer psychologically impossible, replacing it with a dead ritual at best. And of course, God does not respond to this. Who would? Brilliant quote. You know, and Jesus continues. So if you have your Bibles, like I said, Luke 11. I'm going to continue on. So this is, this is continuing, to, continuing to respond to the question, Lord, teach us to pray. And I think Jesus has got a wonderful sense of humor, and I think this, these couple of little, little stories sort of prove that. So Jesus goes on to teach. Suppose, um, suppose you went to a friend's house at midnight, wanting to borrow three loaves of bread. You say to him, a friend of mine has arrived for a visit. I have nothing for them to eat. And suppose he calls out from his bedroom, don't bother me, the door is locked for the night. My family and I are in bed. I can't help you. I won't help you. But I tell you this, though he won't do it for your friendship, for friendship's sake, if you keep on knocking long enough, he will get up and give you whatever you need because of your shameless persistence. Do you get it? Like, can you imagine Jesus? Like, I just think Jesus would have been great. Like, of all the stories to tell about something so sacred and holy as prayer, he says this. You want to know how to pray. You want to know what prayer looks like. It looks like this. It looks like you banging on the door in the middle of the night. So good. And so I tell you, keep on asking, and you will receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking, and you will find. Keep on knocking, and the door will be open to you. For everyone who asks receives, everyone who seeks finds, and everyone who knocks, the door will be open. You fathers, if, you have, if your children ask for a fish, do you give them a snake instead? Well, maybe, you know, for a little. No. No. If they ask for an egg, do you give them a scorpion? Of course not. So if you, sinful people, who know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more in, will your heavenly Father give you the Holy Spirit to those, give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? You know, we know from going through our Radical Ordinary Hospitality in a first um, series at the beginning of the year, there's so much loaded and... and and I don't have time to do it. But, you know, that whole idea of hospitality, an unexpected guest. Do you remember that, like, to a first century context, that was a really big deal. You know, just knocking on the, you know, for that bread was really important in, in the analogy. They knew what that meant. They knew the power of, of that. And so Jesus is saying, you know, knock on the door. You know, there's something really funny about these couple of little pictures, but there's, incredible, there's something really powerful about it as well. 
You know, our, when we consider prayer, when we, when we think about prayer, when we think about our life of prayer, you know, it is at its healthiest. It is at its most beautiful. It is at its most satisfying, at its most successful, if, to use a terrible word. But, but like, it is, it's at its best, at its most orientated amazingness when we just keep doing it. There you go, Phil. When we just don't give up. Like, how's that for a bar? Just don't stop doing it. You know, we're into, how many years now have, of pestering this church? Pestering, pestering. I know, I always say it wrong. It's the accent. <laughs> leading, leading this church. There we go. Is it 12 years, I think? I honestly think one of the greatest strengths of our leadership is that we just don't give up. No, I mean it. I'm being deadly serious. There is something totally un, un, or underestimated about not quitting. And what Jesus is saying is when we think about prayer, think about that. Just don't quit. And sometimes just not quitting looks really weak and feeble. You know, over the years, us not quitting looked really, really weak for some, in some seasons of life. But how powerful that the next day and the day after and the day after, the year in, the year after, we're still there. We're still in it. That's what Jesus is talking about. Just don't quit. But I'm going to quit <laughs> now. No, 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 no. Um, John O, why don't you come and share? John O came this um, this week, and in the middle of kind of preparations on Thursday, which Thursday's a sermon writing day, and in a kind of I would have he didn't know this, but he phoned me and said, "Can I come and see you?" And to be honest, most of the time I would I would have said. Yeah, you can see me next week because Thursdays are sermon writing day, and I very rarely um, put that off. And it was just something about the the message that I wanted uh, that I just said yes. Um, and I think really what so if you can just share the picture, and and then we'll just just see what happens. Is that on? Hello. I don't know. Did I? There you go. It's good. Got a light on it. That's good. All right. I'm Jono. Hello, everyone. So I'll do my absolute best to convey this to you. Um, this does come from a somewhat masculine point of view. So if that doesn't fit you, then just sort of switch it in your mind and make it work. But this was a thought that came to me, and, and I feel it's for more than just me. So if you can imagine, um, this is, I'm going to tell you about two different scenarios. And scenario one is um, seeing a, a really beautiful woman over the other side of a, a room um, and she's standing there and she's radiant looks amazing s smiling yeah just you, you just picture who you got a picture guys it's okay you know but um yeah in in purity and all that it's a beautiful thing it's a good thing um, and you know um, working up the courage to kind of totter across there and you know there's other people around and that but finding a space and getting in there and and effectively finding a time to say hello and build a little bit of relationship, putting your arm around this woman and taking a selfie with her. Wow, it's amazing. And then you feel great, 
She says, see you later, she's got to do something else. And away you go. And you have this memory, you have this selfie, you have this experience with someone beautiful and lovely and good, and it's, it's all positive, it's not yuck, it's good. Right? That's scenario one. And for many years to come, in scenario one, you might be looking back at that selfie and remembering it. You might even, if you really have courage or you're in the right situation, you might show someone else the selfie. Hey, look, I had this cool experience with this, this beautiful lady. It's, isn't that great? And, uh, and you share it maybe if you have the courage to do that, and, and it's good. It's something you look back on. But scenario two um, is being in that same situation, but seeing something more than just putting your arm around that lovely person and taking a selfie and having that moment. Scenario two is taking the time um, and taking the courage and taking the, the extra stuff it requires to actually form a relationship and to actually go through all the steps and the ups and downs and the difficulty and actually for that to become a, a deeper relationship and for that to become a marriage and for that to become a beautiful, healthy, wonderful, lifelong relationship with all its ups and downs, with you know the, the wonders of of getting to know someone and the wonders of the good times and having kids and all of that beautiful wonderful thing that's lifelong and good and life-giving and rich and all those things and I really feel from my thought that I had is that that is the two different tracks that are open to us in the Christian life and the first is through whatever means having an experience of God somehow or however and kind of putting your hand up and, yeah, I want to do that. And then from that point on, looking back at that experience and saying, oh, that was cool. God did this thing then. And maybe, you know, looking back in history, what the Bible says about Jesus and looking back with other people, oh, yeah, looking back, you know. But the second is, and this is something that God's been really working with me on, is, is there's an invitation to actually knowing God every single day and for that thing to be productive and for that thing to be beautiful and to grow and to develop and actually be something powerful, life-giving and, and all that. So Wonderful. That's the thought. Wonderful. So John left and, um, and I just really sort of was spent a bit of time thinking about it. And, and I just think, you know, I just kept getting the word. It's, you know, the, the second option is just so much messier. Isn't it? There's so many more fights in option two. There's so many more. Notice I didn't look in anywhere direction over here. <laughs> but isn't it? Isn't option two just so much more complicated? A love affair with a selfie is easy. But how, how ultimately unsatisfying. And can I... Can I invite us to consider that, you know, I think, I think for some of us, our, our relationship with God, our relationship in talking with God, we, we sometimes get confused and think the messiness. You know, this series, we're going to look at lament and unanswered prayer. That's messy. Like, what do, you, what do you do with prayer when you pray for a friend for healing and they die? That's messy. That hurts. That's option two. But ultimately, it is so worth it. So if you're here this morning and, and you would like, I'd like someone to stand. Um, so you're here this morning and you have struggled with a, a long-term illness. I'd like you to just stand.
And what we're going to do is probably just, what, no, what we're going to do is just have people stand around and we're going to pray. Um, if someone wants to stand for Alan, um, so we, I let everyone know last week that Alan Chapman Smith over lockdown was diagnosed with um, cancer of the esophagus. We sent an, an uh, um, a report out some really, really great test results that it hasn't spread anywhere else. But man, I'd love to see um, the next scan where, where, you know, where is it? You know, I'd love to see his healing, his complete healing. I'd love to bang on the doors of heaven for his healing. And I'd love to do that for you guys as well. So if you're here this morning and, and you would, um, you'd like us to stand with you in persistent prayer for your healing, can you just stand now? If that's you this morning with the area of fear, and particularly like a, a fear that feels like, well, what did you say, um, Heather? Like a, a nuisance or, or just, yeah, just something like, oh man. Um, if that's you this morning. Or if you would just like someone to stand with you or us to stand with you in prayer for something, um, just do it now. Got a few people standing up, a couple more. So just in the next few minutes, so open your eyes, look around, see some people standing, and then let's just get alongside them and, and do what we know to do, which is to pray, to stand with, um, you know, invite God to come and to do what he's already doing, um, bless what it is he's already doing. And let's, yeah, let's bang on the doors. I, I, I meant to say too that you know Jesus was using that picture f not to demonstrate that God is anything like a sleepy friend who can't be bothered getting out of bed. No, but that's important to realize. You know that that story was not at all. He didn't tell that at all to to picture that for you to to imagine that's how God is. It's about our response, about not giving up, about putting shame and dignity aside and, and bang on the door knowing on the other side is a God who's closer than the air is to our skin alright so look around people are standing get alongside them and we're just going to pray maybe turn some